the Lord. As I think about that line that is the theme for today in Advent, this second Sunday in Advent, I can't help but think about Kathy's sermon from uh, last week, from, from the beginning part of it. In case you missed it, for those of you who are gone, go back and check out Kathy's sermon and Casey's two sermons of weeks before. They are fantastic. They will be on the website tomorrow, ready for you and your uh, open ears. But at the beginning of her sermon last year, uh, last week, Kathy talked about a drive from Southern California all the way out to Key West, I think, right? Yeah. And I, as, as I was reading this passage, I couldn't help but think that just 15 years before you did that trip, it would have been nearly impossible. It would have been nearly impossible. That trip, just 15 years before, would have taken a minimum of two weeks of constant driving. Back then, local roads and highways did not connect from state to state. Some of them didn't even connect from county to county. (laughs) Even the best roads followed the contours of the land such that every rise and fall, every mountain and valley, every bump and ditch resulted in a curve in the road. Long-distance trips were nearly impossible. And on top of that, states like Louisiana had horrible road conditions after decades of federal funding was denied to them due to the state's legal drinking age of 18. (laughs) Even in the early 50s, the United States was a hard place to travel. But in 1956... President Eisenhower signed the Federal Aid Highway Act, which created the interstates. Today, there are 70 primary interstates across the United States. And these, yes, they facilitate commerce, but they also allow for fits of idiocy, like uh, a gentleman named Alex Roy, who holds the record of crossing the United States. He did it in 26 hours and 23 minutes. (laughs) Top speed, 188 miles per hour. Average speed, 108 miles per hour. (laughs) These interstates were not the first such thoroughfares in human history. We know, we know that our interstates were modeled after the Autobahn in Germany, after the people had gone to war there and said, hey, this is easy to get our tanks around. We should do this back home. But long before them, there were the Romans, and the Romans built all those bridges all over the place and built highways, and before them, I don't know if John's here, but Professor John Lee could tell us all about uh, what the Persian Empire did back in the interstate business in the 5th century before the Common Era. Darius the Great constructed the Royal Road. This was a road that eased communication throughout a vast empire. Mounted couriers supposedly traveled the 1,677 miles from Susa to Sardis in nine days because of this road. The Greek historian Herodotus praised these messengers, saying, Neither snow, nor rain, nor heat, nor gloom of night stays these couriers from the swift completion of their appointed rounds. Does that sound familiar? It was inscribed on the James Farley Post Office in New York and is now thought of as 
the motto for the United States Postal Service. All those folks hard at work these days. Throughout human history, massive highways have facilitated communication, commerce, and safety. That is why they are the model of what Luke is describing today. Prepare the way of the Lord. The term way that was used in the original in Isaiah is road or highway. Prepare the Lord's highway. Prepare the Lord's interstate. In full candor, I'm not the biggest fan of the interstates. <laughs> As John Steinbeck said in his book, Travels with Charlie, interstates are a great way to travel between New York and L.A. and see nothing. As a lover of nature, I am repelled by notions of destruction involving the leveling of mountains and the filling in of valleys. I have seen firsthand the effects of mountaintop removal in West Virginia and other areas of the country where fossil fuel industries tear down entire mountains and fill streams and valleys with toxic debris in their search for coal. This happens all the time. That is not what Luke and Isaiah mean in this passage. In fact, this passage elevates nature and wilderness. Luke begins, he begins this passage with a list of powerful people, representatives of various empires, various struggles. Then, in stark Contrast, he shifts to John. And where is John? In the wilderness, in the desert by the Jordan. This passage is not about the destruction of nature, it is about showing the Spirit at work and where the Spirit is working, where the Spirit is tearing down all of those things that keep us from one another. John, Luke, and Isaiah are saying, clear the way. Clear the way to that wild spirit at work. Make the way Easy. Make it easy to communicate God's love. Make it easy for everyone to experience deep connection and belonging. Make it easy to feel the fullness of love eternal flowing in and through us all. In my car, thanks to my kids, one of the common songs we hear playing on the Rota is from Moana. So everybody, everybody seen Moana? It's got a sense of it. You should actually see it. It's actually really good. It's really good. You know, it's, uh, it's got the, the music's done in part by Lin-Manuel Manuel, uh, Miranda from, uh, you know, Hamilton, whatever. Amazing. Um, but one of, the, one of the popular songs, one of the, the main ones is about Moana. And it's like, make way, make way. And Moana is the character in her culture who is making way for a change for the better. 
Isaiah is that ancient Moana, that ancient Lin-Manuel Miranda, (laughs) an ancient songsmith whose melodies articulate a reality otherwise unimaginable. Which begs the question, what do you imagine? What does God's highway look like? What does it mean to make way in your life? For some of you, it looks like preparing our chapel, our space for the season. I love that. I love that. For others, it looks like listening to a friend who is stressed about finals, about making it through this academic quarter. Maybe it's listening to yourself. For others, it's caring for someone who is pregnant or attending to a loved one who is transitioning into hospice care. Maybe it means care for the earth, preparing for the healing of the environment before climate change spirals out of control. Maybe it means imagining healing in your family or in your relationships, making a blueprint for the change you want to see. Prepare the way of God in your life and in the world around us. This last week, I heard a story of what it looks like to prepare the way. On the morning of September 20th, 2017, Hurricane Maria, a cataclysmic category five storm, hit the island of Puerto Rico. The destruction was catastrophic. Over 3,000 people died from the storm, and there was $91.61 billion of damage. Every single power line, every single power line on the island went down. Everyone was without power. And in the days and weeks and months that followed, people were starved for information. What was happening? When would they get power back? When would they have some basic necessities? The power company had no strategy of communicating. And in that great darkness, a single employee of PREPA, the island's power utility, became a folk hero. He became a beacon of hope. His name was Jorge Bracero. Because the power company had no strategy of communicating with the public, Jorge Bracero decided he would use his personal Facebook site to relay information, information that was supposed to be for internal company communication only. And at first, Bracero's posts were very technical and very specific. He talked about the status of lines using the company's own jargon, stuff that most people would not understand. But people were so hungry for any kind of information that despite the obscurity of those posts, they became wildly popular. He had tens of thousands of followers. People just wanted some sense of what was happening. His posts evolved into pithy, inspirational rally cries for hope. They were exactly what the island needed. Seemingly overnight, Bracero became 
the hope of the people. His face was affixed on candles that people would light, you know, in church. He, he, was, uh, he was on posters. People made posters, kind of like the Obama uh, change posters, but with him on uh, And he's just, like the, he's just like this kind of average 30-year-old guy with, like, a big beard and just looks like kind of, a, kind of a dopey guy. It's really sweet to see him in these posters. There's also, there are all these YouTube clips of people seeing him out in public and, like, freaking out and going after him. And one of the best things is there's a, during this time of darkness, one of the, a pop singer uh, recorded a version at, at Christmas time, recorded a version of All I Want for Christmas is You, but instead it's All I Want for Christmas is Loose, like light, like energy, like the power. <laughs> and uh, she did a version with him singing, singing in, uh, in a car. But Bracero became famous. And more important was his, than his fame was the hope he inspired. Inspired just, just by sharing some information, just by sharing his feelings. Here is one of his posts. I'm going to read it in Spanish and then I'm going to read it in, say it in English. Sé que lo mejor a tu lado está oscuro. Va a aprender. Si ya estás prendido, ya ayuda a los apagados. Dales lo que pueda. Haz hielo, cocina y lavas ropa de los vecinos. No estás olvidado, no estás solo. Este momento va a pasar. He said, I know that all around you is darkness, but light is coming. If you have light or electricity, help those who don't. Give them what you can. Make ice, cook, wash your neighbor's clothes. You are not forgotten. You are not alone. This moment will pass. That is the way of the Lord, the highway of God that is leveling the ups and downs in this Advent season saying, I know that all around you is darkness. Light is coming. You are not forgotten. You are not alone. This moment will pass. Amen.